Chargers and the New York Giants have exchanged their draft picks. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Eli Manning and Philip Rivers. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Chris McMonagle here. And for those, uh, for a clown show on Twitter, yeah, it's the guy who spoke 20 minutes about basketball and you didn't call. Give me a call, 877-337-6666. I'll talk, I'll talk Knicks. We're going to talk Knicks-Nets. Knicks-Nets, here you go. The Knicks should win. The Nets stink. On to the next, 877-337-6666. But we got some calls lined up. I want to take them. Jerry in South Hackensack. What's up, Jerry? Hey, Chris, how you doing? Good, how are you? Let me ask you a question. Do you look down on the people from North Hackensack, or are they cool? <laughs> like, do, how do you feel uh, about it? You, like, you look at those North Hackensack people. They just, they just, uh, well, they, don't, they don't know. They, they, the supermarkets there just aren't good enough. You know how it is. <laughs> yeah, well, it's actually just Hackensack. Hackensack and South Hackensack. Oh, but, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no opinion. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, but, yeah. I, I keep I keep to myself and I love my family. There you go. I don't go out. I'm just messing around. I'm being silly at three o'clock uh, in the morning. What's up, Jerry? Hey, I wanted to talk about some of the uh NFL games over the weekend. Yes. Uh, you know, I'd like to start with uh Baltimore. I thought that was the exact type of game. Not so much for Baltimore for Jackson to win. Have a little adversity. You know, I remember 2019 when he crapped the bed as the number one seed. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think a game like that propels them. I was really impressed. Um, I was also impressed with Shroud, considering the fact that the poor kid ran for his life and yeah. no running game. Yeah. And you, know, you know what I noticed? He looks like a deer in a headlight. Yeah, no, he definitely doesn't. You know what I noticed about Stroud, too, in both of these playoff games, but particularly – uh, in this one, although he wasn't that successful, and the only touchdown was the punt return, and then they got steamrolled in the second half, his ability to take about, I don't know, 30, 35 steps back into the backfield to avoid the rush and still throw bullets and get it anywhere on the field. I mean, he throws from further behind the line of scrimmage than I than I think any quarterback left in the playoffs. He is consistently throwing like, uh, to avoid the rush, he goes straight back a lot. You see a lot of quarterbacks try and run so- outside the pocket. He, like, stays in the pocket and just keeps drifting backwards and then just plants his foot and throws an absolute bullet. Like, he's he's really oh. he's really impressive. But, yes, they dominated that football game in the second half. It was 10-10 at the half, and then the, the, the Ravens just absolutely just ran the ball all over them. And Lamar Jackson is just a dominant football player when they get it going, when they get it going like that. Yeah, oh, I I agree. And Stroud, you're right. He has an absolute arm. Oh. Um, I thought I thought that the uh, San Fran Green Bay game, Green Bay is going to rue the day that they let that game slip between their sure. fingers. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, and Shanahan avoided a lot of second guessing in terms of the first half. Uh, you know, acting as though he was on the Green Bay twenty when he was on his own forty. I mean, I get it. he didn't want to get Green Bay the ball back. Yeah. But it was like, what you know, what was Shanahan doing? I mean, again, I didn't think Love acquitted himself too bad. Two picks. No, I played the second one yeah. at the end of the game. Second one at you can't the end do it. Of the game was a rookie mistake. Yeah, you just can't yeah, do it. He had plenty. He had plenty. Of, he had plenty of time. You did not have to force that ball into the middle of the field. It's just a, it's it's one of those. It's 
to to use one of his uh, to use someone in his lineage. Like that's a Brett Favre thinking you can make yeah. every play and not realizing sometimes the next down is the best play. Like he's he's got to just throw that ball away. And thank you for the call, Jerry. Your line's a little noisy, so I'm gonna let you go. But thank you for the call. Um, yeah, I thought. Listen, Love has done a lot for himself over the last two weeks to go out and beat Dallas and play the way he did, and then even play the way he did against San Francisco, even in a loss. I would think Green Bay fans are just absolutely besides themselves that that he played the way he played and feel good about, you know, the the rest of his career and, and next year and the hopefulness. I mean, you know, I think they probably feel really good right now. They've got a, the youngest team in the NFL. They've got a young head coach, and they've got an emerging superstar quarterback. I mean, it, right now, it's amazing. To be a Packers fan, you are. You pinch yourself. Because to go from, or certainly one who's older, someone who's 40 or older, I mean, to go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to now Love. Now, again, it's one year, but, I mean, he, he acquitted himself very well in the playoffs here. And he's got arm strength, and he's got, you know, it looks like, besides the rookie mistake overthrowing it over the middle of the field, it looks like he's got every attribute you'd want. He's got the big-time arm. He's got the athletic ability. He's got the decision-making. Um, he's got all of it. So, as you know, right now the Packers are sitting on, on easy street with that idea, uh, with with uh, with that guy moving forward. So, but they're not as good as the 49ers. They're not as good as the 49ers, and eventually the 49ers showed up, and they had the one drive when they needed to. But the Green Bay Packers did a you know a bang up job in the playoffs, and you they are going to be next year one of the favorites, you know, to be back. I mean, I would think they they're going to be battling right there with the Lions as the best team in that division. Bill in Long Beach. What's up, Bill? Hey, Nick. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful, Bill. How are you? Everything good? I'm doing great. Yeah, everything good with Bill. Again. Best show on the fan, no doubt. Don't miss an episode, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, thank you very much. One, very one kind idea, of you. One uh, suggestion or idea for you for this summer, uh, can we do the uh, do, a, do a first-time C-Mac outing to Saratoga hosted by Rocco? I'm yeah, not sure if he's and, a real person. Yeah, me and Rocco do doing uh, <laughs> a live event in Saratoga would be fun, yes. That would be amazing. Uh, two quick things. Yes. Uh, First on the Kelsey brothers. I, I called about baseball, but just on the Kelsey brothers. You know, these guys are smart. I'm convinced of that. I mean, they got your wife listening to the podcast now. You know, Jason's going viral shirtless, drinking out of a bowling ball. Yep. Travis making the heart sing symbol to yep. the Taylor. Isn't it possible it's not likely that this whole thing is staged? It would be brilliant on her part, too. Yeah, I don't know if she needed it. Um... I don't know if they need it. I, I I get it. I mean, it's easy to say that, but I don't. I don't think so. I, I honestly yeah. don't. I hear what you're saying. I mean, the podcast. First of all, you know, the, Jason Kelsey was voted or was was one of the sexiest men alive for 2023. The podcast was kind of successful before. Yeah, I mean, listen, the, the it's it's jumped up, no doubt about it. Tiki today was talking about his daughter wanting to watch football, watching the Chief game because she knew she would see Taylor Swift. Um, it's definitely brought an element. I can't argue that uh, it's right on some level, but I mean, it's it, they're gonna t- they've taken it pretty far. It, it feels like this is a legit. <laughs> it's a legit thing, but um, yeah, and and I definitely don't think she needed it. I'm not sure how much this has uh, helped her. I guess it can't hurt her, but I, she was pretty freaking famous. I mean, I feel like she hit the the fame the the biggest star in the world before 
this whole thing happened. That con- her tour took her to a level that I didn't expect her to go. So I don't, I, th- I think it'd be a little presumptuous to assume it's all fake. There was a time I felt that way, but no, I think they're just two pretty funny characters. Uh, and now you throw Taylor Swift into the mix. It's just been um, a perfect situation. Yeah, no doubt. All right. I'll get to my baseball point. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and then I'll hang up. So I'm a Mets fan. Um, appreciate all your points in the Yankees. I probably care more about the Yankees than I ever have because you talk about them a lot, but that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But um, play this. it's a little bit ironic from my perspective, how you're, how you're thinking about the Yankees and the Mets. And I'll say that because, you know, I don't know if the concept, to be honest, of all in really exists or really means much anymore in baseball, okay. given what we've seen in the last few years from a postseason perspective. And, you know, as you said, look, I get it. You want to increase your odds. You want to increase your chances. But it's a crapshoot. Um, and, and you know, it is what it is, right? And on the Mets, look, you need – I say that because I think you need a smart organization over time. And I'm not necessarily going to defend Cone, but I'll say this as a finance guy who works in, a, in the same, same line of business that he does in terms of finance. Cone's built a massively successful business by knowing how to hire the right people and let them do their thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe Stearns isn't the right guy, but Cohen himself has built his, his business on knowing how to hire the right people and just let them work. Okay. So I'll hang up, but uh, yeah, curious what your thoughts on, on kind Well, of I mean, his first hire was Sandy Alderson. I'm not sure that was the right thing. Then he hired Buck, and he had to fire Buck. Um, it's, it's not so much like I understand what you're saying, and Stearns might be the right guy. And so then it's less on on Cohen necessarily as it is on Stearns to understand like like your point is he understand who he hired. Well then my question is does Stearns understand who he works for? Because if Stearns understands who he works for, I think he would understand that a couple of signings just to really help this team be more competitive is not gonna hurt the plan. Like how does how does signing Solaire or signing, uh, like, you know, whatever the plan is to build. If you want to go add a J.D. Martinez for a year, how does that hurt the plan? Like, that's what, I, that's what I'd love someone to tell me. All right, you're building, well, the, you're building the organization. I get that. No one's saying go out there and spend every single dollar and trade every single piece and go all in for this year. You're building. Uh, you're you're, you're going to take a step back in certain areas. I get it. What does helping this lineup with a legitimate right-handed bat to be your DH for a one-year deal, how does that hurt the plan? Well, I wouldn't disagree with that, but I would say this, too. When, when, if you are the richest owner in baseball, and again, his business, just even hiring people is a very competitive business. If you are the richest owner in baseball, you are the market in many ways. And so I do think there's some validity in do you want to set the market by always being the highest bidder? Is that the right decision for your your organization in the long run? I get your point. Does one hire here or there, or does one signing here or there affect that? Especially short term, no. What do you you mean you always... Establishing a pattern. Establishing the pattern of of what? Not spending money? We can just call Steve, and Steve's going to open up the checkbook, and he's going to be willing to overpay every time right. if he wants them. No, I, 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 I get you. You don't, you don't want to overpay for every single person, but not, I'm not asking you to over. All right, you went 
a certain way for Yamamoto, fine. I'm not asking to go get Snell necessarily. I think Montgomery would be uh, in my uh, camp. But, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. But on some level, like, so, what if you're the highest bidder on – I mean, what do you think you're going to get for J- – what is J.D. Martinez going to ask like that you can't give on a one-year deal? What precedent are you setting by not giving yourself an opportunity to be a successful team this year? Because that's the precedent I'm worried about. My precedent would be we always are a winning organization. That's the precedent I would be concerned about. Not necessarily, you know, being afraid that, you know, people are just are going to assume I'm going to pay the most money. You know what? You are. For the player you want, you are. And why wouldn't you? Otherwise, you don't get him. I mean, that's like, otherwise, you don't get him. You don't have to bid against yourself. But you're going to have to give the the best money. If you're worried about being used, so what? Like here's the other thing about being used. All being used does is hurt the other team he signs with. All right, so you get played with for a week or whatever, or uh, some people might have told you some lies, or you felt like you had a chance when you didn't, or, I mean, I guess it's slightly embarrassing. You'll have people like me rip you or whatever every once in a while, sure. But for the most part, what did you do but cost the Dodgers more money with the Yamamoto? Like you were used, all right, you just made things tougher on the Dodgers. You didn't get the player, no, but... And if you're worried about every player using the Mets on some level, yeah, some will use it and some will take the contract you offer. But ultimately, it's about winning. And this year, it doesn't take much to go just add a bat or add a starting. Like, you know, they could have went and got Montgomery. He's part of the future then. Montgomery's a good pitcher. If you got Montgomery for five or six years, that doesn't hurt you. How does that hurt the plan of building? He's a young man. He's still, he's, if he's not in your framework of being successful, then what the hell are we doing? Like, there are just certain things I don't understand. Don't trade for Soto. Makes sense. Right? Don't trade for Bieber or Burns. Makes sense. Don't give a long-term deal to a Snell. I could, I could even see that. But you can't go out and get a, a power hitting. You can't go get Soler for a two-year contract. You can't go get J.D. Martinez. You can't go add a right-handed bat and bring you a little veteran presence of a guy you know is going to hit a little bit as opposed to, hey, we're going to let our kids play. You're going to have the same, you're going to have the same outlook on the offseason as the Cleveland Guardians. And that's my fear of what they of the who they hired. Someone who wants to come here and initially run this thing like the Cleveland Guardians or the Milwaukee Brewers until he gets a feel for the organization. And for me, that's BS because I don't punt on seasons. Tom in Staten Island. What's up, Tom? Hey, Chris. Good morning. How you doing? Good morning. How are we doing? Nah, not too bad. Uh, not, just not touching on uh, uh, the uh, hockey question for the Rangers. It's good to talk hockey. Uh, just kind of concerned Ranger fan right now. Uh, you know, as as we know, they're not playing very well. They're, they're, they're definitely not skating well. They're definitely not passing well. He, uh, Igor is up and down. He's, he's not solid lately. Uh, do you think uh, that the first half of the season has been a bit of a fluke? I I would hope not. I mean, uh, that, no, uh, I mean, yeah, game. I know that. Um, they're definitely not as good as their record. Fluke, fluke <laughs> is a bit strong. If yep. you told me, am I worried we will never see a season like that again from him? Yes, I'm worried we'll never see that season again. But he's still an excellent goalie um, for the yep. most part. He's a little inconsistent, and he's not been what you thought he could have been. At the end of that year, you thought, Jesus, they have the best goalie in the league, 
And this is going to be a, you know, just, I mean, he's better than Hank was. Uh, and it's going to be scary good. And it hasn't been that. It's been solid. It's been a solid goalie. And it's been someone who, for the, when, he has his, when he has his game going, he's as good as anyone. But it just seems like inconsistent. And that scares me. And opposed, like right now, if you look at the Rangers and you said, what's, your, what's the issue? It's the inconsistent defense and goaltending going along with needing to score on the power play. Like they need to score on the power play, or they don't score. Right. So, so I mean, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not down on the team necessarily. I still, you know, the thing I feel best about the the Rangers is when I watch the games. Like there are teams you watch, and I know maybe the record has something to do with it, but just the recent history and how they've played this year. Like when you watch the right. game and they fall behind two zero to Anaheim, you don't think the game's over. Like there are a lot of teams, a lot of Ranger teams uh, in my history where. They they fall behind two nothing. You're like Jesus. Eh. It's gonna be yeah. one of those nights. And even if they don't come back, I always feel like they can. The Rangers have have instilled some confidence in me that in the course of a game they can course correct or get a penalty and score a power play goal and figure out a way to work themselves back into a game. They're never out of it, which I love. I love in any team I I root for. I love the idea if they're the kind of team where I always feel like they're in the game no matter how far behind or how quickly they fall behind. But. Having said that, I am concerned with their lack of production from the bottom two lines. I'm cons- uh, I'm concerned with their production five on five, and I'm concerned with the inconsistency both defensively and with the goaltender. And that's typically for someone who's leading the division and who we thought was the best team in hockey for a little bit. That's a lot of concerns for that kind of team. It is. It is. Um, I, I just need to. I just think they have to get tougher, and yeah. uh, something's got to change. And hopefully, well, I mean, listen, uh, they got to they got to do something. They need depth. They they got to go out there. Drury's got to go out there at the trade deadline and add to this team. Add a little toughness. That's fine. Add a little toughness. Add a little defense. Add a little depth. You know, an, an another. You know, you don't have to get an all world scorer, but someone who could give you a little bit more production in the bottom two lines uh, would right. be perfect. You know, another. You know, another guy who could score a little bit. They, they they have work to do, and this is the year to go do it. I mean, I I they are right there as one of the best teams in hockey. They should go out and try and really bolster this roster to the point where they can go out and be a cup favorite. And thank you for the call, Tom. That's what I'm looking for. That's the kind of start they got off, off to. That's the kind of play you're getting from Panarin and from Zibanejad and from uh, Kreider. Although. You know, Brooks wrote in his article, I was surprised he said it, but Larry Brooks put in his article that, you know, Kreider's game is really out in front of the net. And besides that, you know, I'm not I'm not sure how much more of to his game there is. But he's been an unbelievable goal scorer, an all-time ranger, and he's still scoring goals at a great clip. But they need a little bit more production from the from the bottom two lines, from the bottom six, and they need to figure out how to get Igor to be consistent like he was a couple of years ago. Because you are just not seeing consistent Igor. Still very good. Still an all-star. Still a guy I feel good about getting into a matchup with almost any other goalie in the league. Like, hey, I'll I'll put Igor against him any day of the week. But in a playoff series, if you can't score except on the power play and your goalie is inconsistent, I'm nervous. I'm a little nervous considering how they blew a two-game-to-none lead against the uh, the Devils last year. I'm nervous. They're gonna have to impress me before I get uh, unnerved. Paul in Memphis, Tennessee. Hey, Chris. Well, just building on this entire hockey idea, right? So we're this annoying team called the New York Islanders. 
Yeah, you are there. you are an annoying bunch of pests, if you ask me. Yeah, oh, man, and and we start like pecking at things, and all of a sudden, we have this brand new coach with Patrick Waugh coming in play. Yeah, has this that has not a quiet excellence, but a loud excellence to this entire you know conversation, and you know building upon one win. Okay, one win, which but what it showed me was an energy. There was this like winner mentality, this like trots mentality that came out with this team that has this like quiet powerhouse starting to come out from the island. And I'd love to get your perspective on what happens to the Rangers when they're they're sitting up there and we're the, one of the best teams in the NHL and yada yada yada. And all of a sudden, the Islanders start picking away, and all of a sudden, like the Devils who are tied right now, but all of a sudden. This team starts coming out from the island. What's, what's your perspective on that? Um, what's my perspective on what's going to happen to the Rangers if the Islanders start winning? Oh yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. I mean, other than if they start beating the Rangers when they play, I don't think it impacts the Rangers really that much. I don't think they oh, look. Really? I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't. Th- you think they look behind them and go, "Oh my God, here come the Islanders." With Patrick Waugh behind the bench, yeah. Oh, stop! Why? Where, why where's Patrick? Yeah. Where's Patrick? Where's Patrick Waugh been? Yeah, I mean, like, well, you know, where, where's he been? He's been. He's been. Where's he been coaching in Saskatchewan? Where's he been? Well, you, you know, at the end of the day, okay. So he came out, you know, out of the box, and he was the best coach in the league. Yes, the uh, first, the, you know, with the, the, the first, yeah, the first yeah, year yeah, he hit the scene, with, yeah, with, with the Avalanche, but yeah. also Volmov, who's now off of IR. Right as of as of tonight, is now back in that world. And the problem right now with Lane, uh, where he was coaching with uh, you know just one goalie and playing him to death. Now Volmov is back from IR. All of a sudden, we have this reunion. I think there is a quiet revolution going on, and I will wait <laughs> yeah. for another thirty Paul. to forty-five days to yeah, watch well, you how the New York Islanders come out of left field, <laughs> and your New York Rangers are going. Where did these guys come from? Oh, yeah, no. Listen, I'm not too worried about that, Paul. But I'll tell you what, man. Thank you very much for the call. You were very poetic. I like it. A quiet revolution happening. You got a new coach. You've lost. (laughs) You won one game with him. You won one game with him. You're 3-5-2 over the last 10. You're currently nine points behind the Rangers. You're out of the playoffs, and you've won one game. Your minus your your goal gif- differential is minus twenty, and you got a quiet revolution coming. Like you know what? Let's be a little bit more quiet and less revolution for a, for a minute. That's all. Like I, listen, you might be right. I think the Islanders are better than where they are. I do. I think the Islanders are a better team than where they currently sit. And I think uh, Patrick Wild was a good hire. I mean, you're right. He was a gr- when he first hit the scene as a head coach. He was a good head coach. He had the Avs playing right. Uh, as playing well, he's brought. He brings an attitude. He brings a uh, instant credibility, no doubt about it. But I, I, it's you know his 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 relationship with the front office wore thin. I don't, I don't know if that'll be an issue here with Lou. But do I expect them to play better? Sure, why not? Do I think the the Rangers any more than the Flyers or the Hurricanes or the Devils or the Capitals or the Penguins? Do I think that if they make a move, the Rangers will somehow not know what to do with themselves and choke away a lead because the Islanders are on the run? Uh, no, that I do not. I do not think that's the case. Now, look, if the Islanders never lose again, could they overtake the Rangers? Sure. If, if the Islanders win, then the Islanders win. But you as some sort of Ranger hater, which is fine, 
if you want to portray it as something like that's uh, the Rangers are flying high now, sure, but wait until they feel the footsteps of the Islanders out on the island coming this quiet revolution coming from Long Island. No, I don't. I don't think that's a problem. I don't think the Rangers will be impacted by that any more than a quiet revolution coming from New Jersey or a quiet revolution coming from Pittsburgh. Like, I don't think any. I don't think. I think all of it would be the same. Trying to hang on to their division. Now again, the Rangers haven't played that well. The Rangers are four, five, and one over their last ten. Um, and although they sit currently with a, a, a four-point lead over Philadelphia, uh, who's played one more game, so they got a game in hand and a four-point lead. Uh, and, and listen, I think they'll finish. They'll probably win the division. They're certainly a playoff team. They're certainly a top three team. I think they'll win this division, and I think they're the best team in the division. But I have my concerns. I have my concerns. And for the Islanders, your concern is finishing games. And, you know, not uh, they've blown a ton of leads this year. Uh, the, you mentioned the goaltending issue and some injury issue. And obviously a little bit of a feistiness and an attitude and an ability to fight back and claw back and not make the stupid mistake at the bad time. And this goes back to when they let go of trots. Like, that was a puzzling move. Everyone was floored. You know, when the, when the, when it came down, everyone was puzzled by the idea. Like, nobody could understand why it happened. And now Lou has to get off of Lambert, and he brings in someone feisty and wah, and we'll see if it makes a difference. But they he's he's been the coach of exactly one game, and I don't even think that's fair to say he's had an impact on the team yet. And yet here comes an Islander fan telling me there's a quiet revolution coming from Long Island. But I do like that quiet revolution. I like that. That's the name of it. That's an album name right there. Yeah, I'm McMonagle, McMonagle and the Hobbits, and our first album, Quiet Revolution, eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. McMonagle here with you on the fan. We'll come back. Continue to take your fo- uh, phone calls. We'll get back to the football as well. We started with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. And how I firmly believe, watching the landscape of the the AFC and specifically the AFC East, and the idea that Rodgers is coming back to this team with this defense, I firmly believe that hopefully this time next year, we're talking about the Jets playing in the championship game and getting ready to take on the Kansas City Chiefs because you know they're there every stinking year. Let's talk about it. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. On <laughs> a revolution, well, you know. We're all out here in Long Island. The quiet revolution that is the New York Islanders. <laughs> oh, thank you for the laugh, Leagues. The quiet revolution. I love it. I just couldn't believe it during that entire call when he said it, you didn't go to one quote from the song. I didn't go to one quote. Yeah, listen. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so funny. The quiet revolution. The quiet revolution. That is the Islanders. That they're going to... They're gonna, slowly now listen is it impossible that they get hot and get closer to the rangers sure but i, I just i can't i mean the rangers aren't going to be looking over their shoulder to as as to the islanders more than the flyers or anyone else 
Like I don't know what I don't know what you think particularly scares the Rangers about the Islanders. Sure, if the Islanders if if the Flyers fade and Carolina fades and the Islanders are moving up the charts and suddenly the Islanders are game back, then they're going to be concerned about the Islanders. But like they would be any team that gets close to them. So I wouldn't. But that was just what what would the Rangers do then? I don't know. Continue to play hockey, hopefully win, and not pay attention to the Islanders. Oh, very funny. Stuart in Brooklyn, what's up, Stu Pot? What's up, big guy? What's going on, fella? How are we doing? Not bad, but that was a funny call, and I'm an Islander fan, and I don't see it. Well, I don't see it. Well, but that's, they that's, have to play better. That's the, the that's, have to be better. That's the quiet part. But don't you worry, the revolution's coming. What revolution? The, qu- the quiet revolution. There ain't no quiet revolution unless they start to play better and more well, cohesive that's, that's as a what, team. Well, that's what Patrick Waugh's going to do. Well, I mean, he's gonna let's get say them. this much. I hope he does. We haven't had a good coach since... Uh, Trotz. What? Trotty. No. Mm-mm. Trotz was good. No, we haven't had a good coach since Mr. Arbor. Yeah, we didn't try I'll go back there. Yeah, I'll go back there. Okay, if you say so. I remember... The nineteenth, the the run, and uh, that was the that was the most spectacular run of any team of all time. Nineteen straight Stanley Cup series won, and if Billy Playoffs. Smith wasn't hurt yeah. in '84, they would have won five. They would have won the fifth. <clears throat> Billy Smith was hurt, and he couldn't play up to. He played, but he wasn't himself. I was. I followed. I, I hear you. I hear you. No, that was I, a little bit before my time, but I'm aware of the run. 19 consecutive playoff series is an incredible number. There's Let no me doubt ask about you, that. Does anybody ever equal that? I don't know. I don't think so. I can't I imagine. That's a lot. That's a lot of consecutive playoff series. That is absolutely. Uh, let's get to the Yankees. Chris yep. Burns. Who? Chris Burns from Milwaukee. Okay, yeah, Burns, Burns from Milwaukee. It's, yeah, Burns from, I don't know yeah. his first name. Burns it's from Milwaukee. Cor- I think that would Cor- be a good, I think they should go get him. Yeah. Corbin Burns. First, provided Spencer Jones is not involved, but that's probably what it's going to take. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I wouldn't give up Spencer Jones for a rental, no matter yeah. how good the rental is. Uh, yeah. I think you get away without doing that. Um, you yeah, you might have to give up, like, if you want Lazard or another young pitcher controllable, you might have to give up Jones. I don't think you'd have to give him up for a Bieber or a Burns, but you don't know. Right. We'll see what the, we that, that, see, that's probably the ask right now, but yeah. We need another pitcher. Who would you say that most likely they can get? They're done in the pitching market. They're done. They're done. I'm telling you, I'm I'm firm on it. They are done. They might get they might get another, you know, like James Paxton, for example. He just went to the Dodgers. But that kind of you know, back oh, that end, kind of, oh, that kind of back depth, that kind of guy. De- depth back end of the rotation pitcher. There is no way they are getting someone who fits into the rotation, like automatically okay. fits into the rotation. They're done. I'm telling you, they're done. So let me ask you, why did uh, why? How come they didn't? Was a uh, hater? But the hater was a free agent, right? Yeah, hater just signed with uh, with the, with the with Houston the, Astros with, the, uh, with them. Yep, for just under a hundred million. I I think they should have gotten him. Yeah, I have no problem not doing it, Stu. And thank you for the call. I really don't. I don't want to give a hundred million dollars to a reliever. I just don't think. I just. I don't see it. I don't see it. And I don't want to give a hundred million dollar contract that maybe causes pause in giving Soto more money. Soto's got to be resigned next year. I don't want to. And and plus this bullpen. If you look at the numbers, like over the last year, it's uh, last two years. I know people are gonna go nuts, but if you look at the numbers, Clay Holmes is is just as good. Less strikeouts, but that's about it. 
His ERA is, I think, right there or better. Like, his batting average against right there or better. Like, he is, like, they have been really good at finding these guys in the bullpen and getting a really good bullpen out of it. I'm not so concerned about the bullpen. You got to sign another. I would bring back Wandy if they want. If Neris wants to take a one year deal, I'll give him a one year deal, even if it's on the upper end of what I'd like to pay him. I'm willing to do that for a one year deal. Uh, I just, I don't, I didn't want that contract. I think he's, I don't think he's going to be good for very long. He's been around a while. He had the, when he first got traded, he was bad. He's, he's rebounded. He's, he's obviously a strikeout pitcher. Uh, it helps them this year. It makes them more potent. But in the end, I don't think it'll end up being a good contract. And I think the Yankees need the money to go spend on Soto and other things. And I think they're, they're best quality. Whatever you want to say about Brian Cashman, as much as you might hate him, as much as you might hate what he's done with the, the all right-handed lineup or, you know, this or that, stop short of going, didn't, didn't get Harper, didn't get Machado, you know, tr- made bad trades for this one or that one. The one thing they consistently do is put together a bullpen of guys you never know. You've never heard of, you know, whether it's Green, whether it's uh, Marinaccio, whether it's Batances, whether it's like they the guys through the system, free agent free agent signings or trades like Andrew Miller. Um, obviously, Chapman was a trade, and then free agent signing after they traded him to Chicago. Like they've been able to really put together a top, you know, Marinaccio names like that that you wouldn't think of. Uh, trade for Clay Holmes, trade for Wandy Peralta. They traded Mike Tockman for Wandy Peralta. Like, that was an excellent trade. They're really good with bullpen arms. Matt Blake is really good with sinker slider guys and, 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 and bullpen arms. I trust them to find me guys who are better than you think and names we, we never heard of suddenly are, are good with the Yankees in the bullpen. I don't need to pay someone $100 million. Christian in Kings Park. What's up, Christian? How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Um, well, first of all, I just want to say I'm a Islander fan that lives with Ranger fans. And a mm-hmm. Bills fan that lives with Dolphins fans. Oh, jeez. How'd you get Bill, Bill, uh, what do you mean a Bills fan who lives with Dolphin fans? So you got a bunch of Ranger Dolphin fans at your house? Yeah, it's my girlfriend and her family. Uh, so uh, my girlfriend's father um, made her a Dolphins fan. He's been a fan for about 50 years. Right. And he's a Ranger fan as well. And I live with them. And here's the funny thing. I wish the Islanders and the Rangers would play each other more in the regular season. Why are we only playing each other four times this year, three times last year? We used to play each other a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess that they, they might have uh, changed the scheduling, but but this is like a division thing. So, like, yeah, how many? Even though as nervous I am about like this all because like I'm, you know, the standout here, so and. Look, I'm not saying the Islanders are going to go on any revolution whatsoever. That caller was a little misguided, in my opinion. The Rangers are scary. They're actually pretty scary when they're down a couple goals. They come back, and that's what puts the fear in me as an Islander fan. But I just want to play each other more so that we can sort of just, like, have more fun with this division, you know? Yeah. No, I, I, I get it. And, yeah, four times this year is a little bit light. And if they only did it three times last year, it seems a little bit light. They used to play each other definitely more than that. Uh, but and look, I, I have full. I, I listen. I Lou Lamorello is one of the better. I know he, it hasn't been the same with the Islanders as it was with the Devils or whatever. But Lou Lamorello is one of the best executives in all of sports. There's no doubt about it. He's one of the best executives in all of sports. I trust his instinct a lot of the time. Now, moving on from Trotz, I thought it was a mistake at the time. I think it's proved to be a mistake, and Lambert's now gone. 
Um, and he's going to bring in Wah, Wa, different cat, different attitude, different vibe, a little bit more feisty, a little bit more fiery, someone who brings instant credibility with the name and his history of being one of the greatest goalies in the history of the NHL. And hopefully it changes the, the dynamic of this team that clearly needed a dynamic change. But my point, and listen, it's a, it's a rivalry. I grew up in Long Island. I didn't, you know, I didn't live in my girlfriend's house, but I, I did grow up in Long Island. And I, the Ranger Islander thing is real. At least it was, you know, in my high school. So I, I get it. And I love the rivalry. I do. I love the Islander. I, I, love, I love the Ranger Islander rivalry. But I just, I don't see it as some sort of like, oh boy, here come the Islanders and the Rangers are shaking in their skates. Like that I don't see. And we'll see what they do. The, the, they haven't played very well. And they haven't played very well recently. And they've, bl- they've blown leads in particular. So we'll see. They were dealing with some injuries. And we'll see. You know, the, the goalie's back. Matt Martin's been back for a little bit. Like, we'll see. But I don't know about a revolution. Let's try and get into the playoffs. Let's work on that. Before you chase down the Rangers, right? Before... Before you try and take over the Metropolitan, let's 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 focus on, you know, jumping New Jersey and and Tampa Bay or or Boston or Detroit, excuse me. So right now, you guys are the Islanders are two points out of a playoff spot. Focus about that before you catch the Rangers. Christian in Westchester, what's up, Christian? Yeah, how you doing, man? Thank you for taking my call. Oh, thank you for making well, it. What's up? Thank you, man. We spoke a few months ago in reference to Mitchell Robinson, Mitchell Robinson's impact. I definitely appreciate all the other callers, Giants, Rangers, Knicks. Definitely here for the Knicks. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of talks about, you know, DeJounte Murray. Yeah. Or let's say Bruce Brown. Um, I'm more a fan yeah. of Bruce Brown. Yeah, Bruce Brown so, just Bruce Brown. Yeah. Just got traded to Toronto, and immediately, like, I mean, is, he's aware he's not a free agent, right? Like, he immediately just started talking up exactly what, like, he would fit perfectly at Thibodeau, New York. Blah. So, I mean, he wants to be here, that's for sure. Um, I I think he fits. I mean, you know, he's a defender. He's a he's obviously a very good defender. Uh, he's won a championship. Um, I think he fits. I mean, we'll, we'll have to see what they do here. Uh, they need depth. Uh, you know, I would love to improve the bench. I, I think the the going out and getting a real bi- big time player is kind of you know no longer on the table or in the cards. But right. I, I'm open for some kind of depth, we, whether it be size, whether it be at the guard position, whether it be anywhere. I mean, uh, Bruce Brown's played obviously in Brooklyn, so he's 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 um, you know aware of what it's like to play in the city. He's won a championship last year. And you know he wants to. Be, he sounds like he wants to be a Nick from what the quotes he gave. So yeah, I think I'd be open to that. But I like him. Do yeah, you, listen, do you think I, the Knicks get out of the get out of the uh, second round. Is that a possibility? Yes. Oh, it's the absolute acquisition of Bruce Brown, not ball hogging. Wants to be there, be a team guy, play defense, and do whatever it takes. Um. Yeah. I mean, listen. I, I think the Knicks could get out of the second round. I, I do. I think they could. Um. Even with or without Bruce Brown, the, the way they're playing right now, it, it seems like they could. But they do need so you know, I'd rather do I'd rather go the Brogdon uh, type route where I can get some scoring 
uh, in that second unit and have someone lead the team and, and get, be able to give Brunson some more time off the floor. Uh, that's probably where I would go. You mentioned Mitchell Robinson at the start of your call. Hopefully he comes back. Uh, right now they're going to play light. I would think he's going to. I would think almost certainly uh, Hartenstein's going to miss the game tonight against the Nets. Who knows with his ankle or foot injury how many games he's going to miss? But he's going to miss some time. So they're going to be a little short. They're going to you know Sims Achua. They're going to be a little short at the five. They even talked about uh, Tibbs talked about in the press conference uh, OG or or, um, or Randall playing the five for some minutes. I don't know how I feel about that, but. You know, for a short time, you know, when when the other team goes small, I guess you get away with it. But they're going to need something. They're going to need some additions to this team. And right now, amazingly enough, this is and this is the point for me that is the biggest thing about it. I trust them. I trust them. I mean, if you just going back to to Brunson with Rose, I mean. Brunson was a nice player, and everybody thought he would help, and everybody thought he'd be one of the best point guards they've had in a while, considering, you know, the options to that answer about who's the best point guard they've had. I mean, they expected that. I don't think anyone expected the level of play they're getting. And then they trade for OG this year, and a lot of people thought, you know, Ananubi would would help the team. A lot of Nick fans immediately hated the deal, hated losing quickly, hated losing Barrett, thought it wasn't enough considering you could use them in a, in a package to get a big-time superstar, and OG is not that. But the instant nature of that, the impact he had immediately, like really makes me feel that this coach and Leon Rose are on the same page and know exactly what they need and then exactly how to implement it the, the second they get it. Like that's what I feel good about. That the instant nature of the success of the OG trade makes me feel pretty good because it didn't take like if they make that trade and it takes 10, 12, 13, 14 games, and the talk is, well, listen, he'll find his footing, it'll it'll happen. You know, they need time to play together. They just lost two guys that they were so familiar playing with, blah, 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 blah. Instead, game one, they beat Minnesota and the feel is instant. So they made a trade that instantly improved their team. And this coach instantly knew how to use it. And the roles and the team solidified itself instantly. So to me, that's a big move because they recognized what they needed. They made the trade and it worked instantly. So now I feel good, whether it is a a Brogdon or whoever it is, whatever they go out and move and they go need to make a move, no doubt about it. But whatever they go out and move, whatever move they go out and make, I'm going to feel pretty good that they have a good feel for what this team needs, how this team works, and that Tibbs has an idea of how to make it work and how to coach it and how to teach it up. Like, I feel really confident whatever they do, whether I like them or not, whether the the trade will instantly have the pundits saying yay or nay, I will give them the benefit of the doubt for the last handful of moves have fit this team like a glove. Brunson had changed who they are, and OG instantly changed who they were and who they are. And so when when the last couple moves like that have not only worked but dynamically changed who they are and worked instantly, I feel like they've got a good they've got their finger on the pulse of exactly what this team needs. So we'll see how they go about it. I'm fascinated to see. You know they got to do something. Trade deadline's coming up in February. They're gonna have to figure out something. They need depth on this team. Eric and Ron Conkama, what's up, Eric? Hey, good morning, C Mac. How you doing? Good morning, sir. How are you? <laughs> 
Good, good. Uh, look, you know, as far as the uh, uh, with the Islanders, I mean, look, I, I are you referring I, to I, the I, are you referring to the quiet revolution? I well, look, there's, there's nothing quiet about Islander fans. Whenever they they get rocking, we we know this, <laughs> but uh, I, I do have to go back and listen to that call because I, I will I will disagree with that. And and uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I just want to get into the playoffs. And then, as we've seen last year with Florida. You know anything can happen. Anything can so, happen. Uh, you know that, that that's the main thing. But uh, you know, look, I love Stewart. I, I met Stewart. You know, but I got to disagree. I mean, Trotz was was the last really good coach yes, we had, of course. And 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 look, the you know, I, I took my daughter who had never been to a game before. She was. We took her to the final game at the Coliseum when we when we won in overtime against uh, Tampa, and she's been hooked ever since. And she now gives me updates. I mean, it's great. I mean, my son's getting involved in kind of like your kids with the wrestling. My my kids are getting into the hockey. But uh, I remember when I when I heard about Trots being let go. I mean, I was I still am confused. Yeah, I, I don't understand the whole thing. But the uh, but I I was looking for a change. I'm glad they did it. And it, there's an article in the paper today. I read it briefly. That I know uh, uh, Wah is really looking to try to. Uh, focus on puck possession, which is a huge deal because they, they keep giving up these goals in front of the yeah. the, the defense in front of the net's been lacking a lot, uh, which leads to the, uh, the you know them not holding the leads. So uh, you know I I, I know it's going to be uh, it's not going to be a huge impact right away, there, but they still got the the, uh, the trade deadline coming up, I believe, yep. and uh, you know the the All Star break also. And uh, look, like I said, let let them get into the playoffs. And and they can go from there. No I mean, doubt. Uh, yeah, you know that, that's all we can ask for. I mean, as far as them catching the Rangers, I could care less about about that. As, you know, as long as you know, I, I mean, look, we we can end up being well, the, the the one two seed or whatever one yeah, eight. Yeah, I mean, you want to catch beat them in the, in the you know, I mean, that, yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll you listen, if it comes. you want to catch you know. the Rangers, Eric. I'm not saying you wouldn't. Thank you for the call. You want to win the division, of course. There's still time to win the division. You're nine You're nine points back. I mean, if you want to, I'm not saying, first of all, I'm not saying catching the Rangers is impossible, nor am I saying that, you know, Islander fans should slow their roll with with that hope. My point is, is, you know, he made it seem, that caller made it seem like the Rangers will suddenly crap themselves or that the Rangers will suddenly, like, hear the footsteps. What will happen to the Rangers when the Islanders make the run? Like, what you going to do, brother, when Hulkamania runs wild on you? The Islanders are not Hulkamania. I'm just telling you that right now. They are not. They are not Hulkamania. They're more like um, Jake the Snake fighting in that blindfold match after he got the aerosol can sprayed in his face. Did you ever see that? Oh, my God. I should never have seen that. That You want to waste 20 minutes of your life? Like, honestly, if you want to just see what's the dumbest thing you could do for 20 minutes and just what's the worst way you could possibly waste your life. Go see, go watch. I forget where it's from. I'll find it out during the break, but Jake, the snake versus model Rick, the model Martel. I think that's his name. Something like that. And they have a blindfolded match where they put bags over their heads and fight each other blindfolded because he sprayed like a bug spray repellent or something in in, in uh, Jake the Snake's eyes weeks earlier. 
And so I guess for being fair, I don't know why. I don't remember all the lead up to it. I just remember seeing the match. And they put bags over their heads and just feel for themselves in the ring the entire 20 minutes. There's hardly any wrestling. They are literally just like walking around. It's like I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe the WWE or the WWF at that time put forth that product. I can't believe they thought that was a good idea. Let's just put bags over their heads and watch them walk around the ring aimlessly hoping that they run into each other. I don't know why I put on a Regis film in there. Let's do it. We'll put bags over their heads. It was it's it's the worst thing I've ever seen, uh, but along with all the great stuff of WWE, but that one really cracked me up. That <laughs> let's let's blindfold them and have them walk aimlessly around the ring, and then have Jake the Snake point in a direction and have the crowd either boo or cheer, and then he starts he's like he's like using them as a compass. It's like the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Quick on the WWE, though. Seth Rollins did announce uh, last night on Raw. Um, I'll give you some wrestling stuff. It's my life. Might as well be yours. We're a family here, aren't we? My my issues are your issues. My pleasure is your pleasure. My pain is your pain. Uh, Seth Rollins, who uh, tore his meniscus or whatever, did go on Raw and says he, he will do whatever it takes to get back for WrestleMania. So we'll see. We're going to try our best. He's out for the Rumble. We'll see if he can get back to WrestleMania. 877-337-6666. McMonagle here with you. We got Marco to give you the update. I'm going to ask Marco on the on, uh, to tease something. We spoke about Marco's lack of pretty much any sort of knowledge or exposure to almost anything when it comes to culinary uh, purposes. We were talking about steakhouses. So apparently I inspired him for something. We'll get to it on the other side of the break. I'm fascinated on what Marco changed about his life because it needed it. 